Hey there, I'm Beth McEntee and welcome to Inside Intercom. As we start to plan our returns to the office, companies are having to adapt their workspaces to support hybrid working, as well as figure out how to bring people together in a safe and secure way. At Intercom, our teams have been working tirelessly behind the scenes to ensure that when we do get back to the office, our spaces will be set up to support people's needs as we navigate this new way of working. On this week's show, we chat to the people that are making all of this happen. You'll hear from Porig Monks, Facilities and Security Program Manager, Sinead Rainey, Senior Workplace Experience Associate, and Neve Flannery, Senior Design and Construction Project Manager at Intercom, about how to create COVID secure spaces, how to foster group and social environments in a post-pandemic world, and what the future of work life will look like at Intercom and beyond. So if you're interested in hearing how companies are adapting their spaces and ways of working to the world at the moment, this is the episode for you. If you enjoy our conversation with Porik, Sinead and Neve, make sure that you don't miss any upcoming episodes by subscribing on iTunes, Overcast, Spotify or your usual podcast platform. So thank you all so much for joining us today on this very special episode of Inside Intercom. To kick us off, do you want to each give us a bit of background on your work and what you and your team do here at Intercom? Porig, let's start with you for this one. Hi, Dee. Yeah, I'm Porig. I'm part of the workplace team based in Dublin. I've been with Intercom about two and a half years now. Uh, So my main responsibilities are facilities, security, uh, workplace technology and AV design as parts of the fit-outs that we're working on at the moment. And we're also responsible for the day-to-day running of of the Dublin office. Fantastic. All very important work there, Porek. Let's go over to Sinead next. Sure. I'm Sinead Rainey, Senior Workplace Associate, also based in Dublin. And I manage our employee events programme globally, as well as our food programme and our community initiatives as well. Hi, uh, I'm Eve Flannery. I'm the Senior Design and Construction Manager for Intercom. I'm based in Dublin. I've been with Intercom over six years. And my job is to plan, design and fit out Intercom's workspaces. I work with over 80 people globally who are external and uh, experts in their field. We have a really strong team behind us to help us design our workplaces. And the people that we work with range from socio-spatial analysts to quantity surveyors, structural engineers, fire consultants, kitchen designers, acousticians and everything else between. Amazing. So the conversation we're going to be having today is, I think, a really interesting one for anybody that works for Intercom, but also anyone that doesn't as well. And it's just kind of interested in in how companies are adapting their spaces and their ways of working to the world at the moment. So we'll be we'll be covering over a couple of things. So like how to create a COVID secure space, how to foster group and social environments post COVID and basically what the future of work life will look at Intercom and beyond, in fact, because I think it's fair to say that between your teams, you're adopting some of the the best in class approaches to these issues. So there's a lot that anyone can learn by by hearing your expertise. Neve, I'd love to chat to you next about the work that you mentioned that your team is doing. You know, you're adapting the intercom offices globally for our eventual return to work. So how's that going and what sort of projects are you having to take on? Yeah, sure. So um, I think I can talk a bit about the biggest shift that we're making, and that's towards something called activity-based working. So what that means really is that people choose the uh, space that best suits their current task and mood at any given time. So our plan is to offer team neighbourhoods with fewer workstations so that we can free up uh, more floor space to provide easier access to more space types. And our goal is to have uh, five different typologies available within the eye line of uh, each different team neighbourhood or or each workstation. So the overall workspace itself will end up 
hopefully having uh, at least two more what we're calling shared away desk. And a shared away desk is basically any non-workstation seat. So it could be a, a seat in a booth or a seat in a, in a room. And so these will be strategically distributed around the floor. And then once built, we're going to use new technologies for uh, hassle-free sharing, hopefully. And this data will provide insight on usage trends and things like indoor environmental quality as well. And then with this data, along with the post-occupancy surveys and feedback from folks on, folks on the ground, uh, we're going to continually fine-tune the workplace and our policies to optimise performance and support more people over time. And it's worth noting as well that while higher occupant density is a worthwhile goal, we'll never compromise our workplace to, to do this, you know. So we're really trying to do more with less better. We need to come up with a catchier line, but that's essentially what we're trying to do. Yeah, that all sounds amazing. I must say, as a podcaster, that idea that you you shared there around having different spaces that are optimized for different tasks sounds really, really interesting to me. Because obviously in the work that I do, like, you know, some could be research and you need like a quiet space and then other could be a space that's suitable for recording. So it's it's lovely to hear that, you know, there's this approach where there's an understanding that the type of work that people do is all different and that you you don't always need the same type of space or the same facilities all the time. You mentioned something there around the data that you'd been using to design and to make some of these spaces. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that approach, if you wouldn't mind sharing. This is something really that Borek is heading up, so he, he might jump in in a sec, but it is, it's something that's new for us and it's something that we feel really good and really confident about because what better way to know what to design for than to have data behind you. So our plan is to uh, put in lots of sensors. Borek can tell you more about their, their names and the technical terminology behind them, but uh, we'll essentially just kind of monitor our spaces over time when folks are in them and when people are using them and then take that data to either tweak the space that we're we're in, we're living in, or, you know, inform our design for our new floors. Fantastic. Well, look, let's go over to Borg then. Borg, how does your team fit into this? And uh, tell us a little bit more about that data, if you don't mind. Well, the data that, that Neve's talking about, so historically, um, we, we kind of collected this information and it was kind of anecdotal stories where, you know, people would describe how they would use spaces, but it was very kind of off the top of their head and it was kind of like assumptions and, you know, gaps in the story. So, you know, it was great to get an idea, but it wasn't 100% accurate. So um, what we did was we looked at the marketplace and we, we identified three things that we wanted to capture, and that was occupancy, thermal comfort, and indoor air quality. And all this data is going to help us support how we work, and we will learn from it how our spaces are being used, what teams are coming in, what spaces they're using, are they using desks more than they're using collaboration spaces. So it's really going to give us a, a really good understanding of of how our spaces are used and, and how our space typologies are being used and not being used. So if we're providing space that's not being used, well, do we need to continue to provide that space anymore? So this this is the information that we're going to get from it. And also the data that we'll get from it in relation to indoor air quality, it's massive. It's a really big thing. And in some of our locations, we can take full advantage of it, given that we'll be the sole tenant and referring to our new building that we'll be moving into. Or we can just use this data to support our, our negotiations with landlords to say, listen, your indoor air conditioning isn't working as it should do. Here's the data to back this up. We would like to ensure that, you know, this is improved. So we can really use this information to share with staff as well, to show them what we're trying to achieve, to, to encourage them to use spaces that's based on indoor air quality, based on spaces available. And also based on how busy they are, because we'll have a live feed for people to see, well, this particular space is really heavily used at the moment. I, I want a quiet space, so I'll go somewhere else. So it depends. So it's really kind of like making the, the people's experience when they come to the office that much better as well. But then in relation to when we do actually go back to the office, 
we've got quite a lot to, to factor in. So first things first is our COVID safety plans, how we manage people coming back to the office. We've already got like uh, phases designed for people returning to the office. And we've, we do this in a very gradual process where we'd open up so many socially distant desks. Now, this was designed last year when there was no vaccines available. So we're in a very different world this, this time of the year now. But that's what we plan to proceed with. And it's about maybe encouraging people to come back to the office. Not everyone's going to feel comfortable coming back straight away. So there is that little bit of like, it's about kind of like easing people back into the office, easing them back into the space so that they feel comfortable about coming back to work. And then from a workplace side of things as well, we also will be using all these new tools that Neve referred to as well. And, you know, about booking your hot desk when you come to the office. And this is going to require a lot of training for people to buy into. It's a brand new way of working. They're coming back to an office where they haven't been in probably 18 months, close to two years, maybe. And they have to learn how to come back to the office again. And, you, you know, you, you see people, oh, sure, let's just come back to the office. It's going to be it's going to be different, but it's going to be great because people will learn how to work in this new way of working. And it's kind of an etiquette that we would advise people to follow you know, in relation to booking desks, how to use a space, because you're going to be sharing facilities with people. So therefore, they're going to have to be, you know, consideration involved in it, keep it clean, keep it tidy, and how we'll ask people to work within the space as well. So there is a lot of that to be factored in. And the other thing is what, we, what we're going to ask people to use, we need to ensure that it's easy for them to use, because if it's not easy for them to, for them to use, they won't use it. And that's going to go against totally what we're trying to achieve. And plus, where we want to make the offices an engaging place for people to be. So, you know, we need to ensure that that's exactly what it is. And these tools will help support that. The other things that we're looking at, obviously, would be um, because of agile working is our AV design. So not everybody's going to be in the office. So we need to be have offers an AV design that support, supports people both in office and from home so that they can feel that regardless of where they are, they have a, an equal contribution to meetings. And it's not even just that. It's also like for the recruiting teams, how they're going to manage when they're doing interviews. Because again, people don't have to come to the office for the interviews. They can do it remotely. But it's about that that factor, that experience and what it's like for people at, at either end, whether you're in the office, whether you're at home, whether we could be doing an interview like this where we're all remote. So we're looking at ways to kind of make that experience far easier, far better for people to work in and that, you know, people have that same feel that they have that same contribution to what's happening in their team. And again, the sensors then as well that, that we're trying to roll out, they'll all support the way we work. But again, we need people to understand how they work, why they work. We're not tracking you as an individual. We're just tracking a person who is in this particular space. So it's all, it's all about kind of education and communicating this properly with people. Yeah, for sure. Because you hit on something there. I think that, that that will resonate with a lot of people. You know, when we do think about going back to work, we're just like, oh, sure, it'll just be the same. And you kind of like imagine that you'll stop at the same coffee shop and you'll, you know, and all these things that, you know, will have changed. But I think the etiquette's probably going to be a big one for your team and your heart will possibly be broken the first couple of weeks with people just randomly turning up. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully people will get their heads around that soon enough because it sounds like a great system that can work really, really smoothly so long as that, you know, we all buy into it as a team and see it as being the best way of working for everyone together. Sinead, I'm really curious to bring you in on the conversation now because, you know, we haven't really touched on yet in this podcast about some of the social aspects of life at Intercom. And certainly before we all, you know, started working at home, that was a very rich part of daily and weekly life in the company. Do you want to give us a quick reminder of what your team do and how you've had to adapt over the last year and a bit? 
Sure, I'm happy to. Our team has had to adapt in a pretty big way, specifically thinking about how we bring people together, how we keep people engaged and what that looks like when everyone is is working remotely. One of the most successful kind of initiatives or programs, I guess, that we've been running is a program called Mingle. And this is an events program, which basically consists of four to five live virtual events every month. And folks sign up for these ahead of time. We keep the we keep the numbers small, like 20 people per event to allow for like lots of interaction and engagement. And folks have been loving them so far. The idea behind them was to kind of recreate the interactions or the folks you might bump into at an in-person event or the people you might bump into outside of your org or your team or even your location that you maybe would have bumped into like that in the canteen, making a coffee at an event. And um, so that's probably one of the the kind of biggest changes that we've made and one of the most successful, I would say, as well. Yeah, I have to say a big fan of the Mingle events. They've been really, really well organized and you've done so many different ones. Like there's really been a case of something for everyone in them. Do you want to share some of the classes or events that people have been able to take part in? Sure. We've been focusing or being really kind of careful, I guess, with the the kind of hosts or the kind of folks that we work with for these events. We're trying to focus on local small businesses so that we're offering intercomrades events maybe that they haven't seen elsewhere. So a good example would be that we use Dublin Barista School recently for a V60 coffee brewing. We're doing a cocktail making class next week with Mixology Events who are based in London. And yeah, trying to to choose hosts or organizers that are local to where our folks are as well to kind of build that kind of connection and keep that connection to the community as well. Yeah. And it's probably helpful for the providers as well, because you're, you're sharing them with a local audience that will be able to to use their services once things go back to normal a bit more. How is your thinking about, you know, we've just talking about the return to work there in the physical space. Obviously you would have used the kind of public areas in Intercom in a certain way before we all had to work from home. So how is your thinking about those physical spaces changed as a result of the events of the last year? I think if anything, the last kind of year and a bit has shown me how important our physical spaces are especially for the kind of my own areas of focus, which is really around like fostering community, which I think is one of the biggest challenges we've had while everyone has been working remotely. I think that when we return, the offices will be more of that kind of point of contact, point of connection, even than they were before within my own world. So like the food and events spaces, there's going to be lots of change. I think to Porek's point, events wise, we're going to want to have as many hybrid experiences as we can. So being able to dial into an event that's happening in an office. So we have folks who are remote and folks who aren't and the experience is as good uh, regardless of where you are. So like the AV and VC setups in our physical spaces will become even more important. That makes a huge amount of sense. And look, it's, it's something that we've all alluded to at various points in our conversation so far, but you know, Intercom is building this fabulous new state-of-the-art building here in Dublin. Neve, you're a huge part of this project. What are you allowed to share with us about it? Yeah, uh, there's lots of exciting stuff I can share, Dee. So uh, what I'll start with is the location. We are delighted that we are staying pretty close to our existing office, which is currently on St. Stephen's Green. And we're moving about a, a seven-minute stroll away down onto Earlsford Terrace, just on the junction there with Adelaide Road. 
So because we were able to get in with the landlord very early on while they were still in the design process, we were able to work with them to make a number of tweaks and changes so that the building really, really works quite well for us. So that was a, a big advantage to us there. And there's been lots of work going on over the last, gosh, more, more than a year now, almost 18 months. And we were lucky with them as well. They were quite open to, to making some of these amendments. So what I can tell you, I suppose, is that it's 113,000 square feet. It's over six floors with two subterranean floors. We're taking the whole building, but of course we won't need it all ourselves day one. So our plan is to sublet out a few of the lower floors. But starting bottom up, we have, you know, car park in uh, minus two and plant rooms. Then coming up to minus one, we have a great bike parking area. We have gender neutral changing rooms and showers and toilets. We have a gym, we have a wellness area, we have a conferencing facility. On our ground floor, we're hoping to have a a cafe, a public cafe. This was something we thought about early on and again, worked with the landlord with to kind of give something back to the community, you know, kind of amenity that we could have create a bit of a buzz in the space and, um, you know, provide an amenity to, to local folks walking by too. And going up from there, then we're, we're hoping to rent out some amount of, of the space, as I say, but we'll determine that closer to the time based on how much uh, space we need when, when we actually move in. And working up from there, then we'll have a micro kitchen on each floor, as I was mentioning earlier, all of the various different space typologies. So we'll have team rooms, we'll have a recording studio, a webinar space. We'll have mother's rooms, reflection space. I mean, all the good stuff. And then on the top floor, that's where we're going to have our level six canteen. We'll have a wraparound balcony up there. So we'll have beautiful views down to the, the Dublin mountains, a south facing terrace, which is something we're working on at the minute. And I, I think Sinead can speak to more because she's been quite involved with that. It's going to be a massive building and working on it has been so kind of positive and, and optimistic in today's environment. So we're really lucky to have this to look forward to and and to get back obviously it's been delayed a little bit but uh, it'll definitely be worth the wait yeah it absolutely sounds it and for anyone not familiar with you know Dublin and whereabouts it is it's it's really quite a prestigious location it's just down from the National Concert Hall it's on a lovely corner that didn't really have a building on it before where people could actually go in and, and have a look and as you say there's going to be you know coffee facilities there for people walking by which is amazing because there's quite a high footfall there so I feel like it has uh, it has the potential to become a truly iconic Dublin corner which is an amazing thing for Intercom. Horig in terms of that new building then you've been really hands-on with the project too as well as Sinead so what can you tell us about how the new facility will operate differently to what we have currently and what maybe intercomrades are used to in terms of uh, day-to-day life? Well it's, it's probably like comparing chalk and cheese with the two buildings like so it's it's going from a tricycle to a Mercedes I'd say it's probably the best the best way to put it yeah, so what I mean, Stevens Court has its own characteristics, and I think I think everybody enjoys working there because of its locations. But the building itself is fifty years old, so when we do go ticket ends, it's going to be a completely different experience for people coming into the into the office. So, I mean, from a, an operational point of view, we want it to be a smart building. There aren't, there isn't a smart building in in Ireland at the moment, so we're aiming for it to be the first smart building in Dublin or in Ireland. And that means from an operational point of view, a lot of what we do is is going to be automated from the monitoring of all the plants and equipment to how air conditioning operates within kind of certain bands that we'll set it up with to the fresh air intakes coming into the, the floor plan itself. It'll also be an extremely efficient building in the way that it operates. So from energy to uh, rainwater harvesting to how we how the floor space is actually managed from a point of view of cleaning coming in, we're going to design proper cleaning structures for, for the floors itself. And then, then it, you know, it's it's going to be one of those places that it'll be so streamlined that it'll be everything will be automated, and it, 
the best way to put it is that for from a user point of view, so when people come into the building, it'll be frictionless, seamless from footpath to workstation. So that's what we really wanted to to uh, for people to feel when they come to the office, in the sense that you know the access control systems we're going to have will operate on a mobile phone app. You wave your hand over a reader and a door will open. So you're not fuddling around looking for it, you know, kind of like a fob to get in and out of a, a particular space. There's also like how you book your space. Again, it feeds into the tools that I spoke about earlier on. And it's about how people, again, can choose their own space when they come back to the office. That really works for them. But it's going to be such a completely different experience to what they we have in Stevens Court. It's going to be the opposite end of the scale. It's Our aim is that we've set a really high benchmark for this and we really want to hit it. And it's going to be it's going to be fantastic when people come in. They're really going to want to be there, which is I don't know if that's going to be a problem for us, given that we're going to kind of hot desking, where we have enough room for everybody. But what what will happen is that the building will become more efficient over time as it learns how it operates. So the more data we collect on it, the more efficient it becomes, and from a point of view of energy and how space is being used and fresh air being supplied to to the floor plates. But yeah, it's it's gone. It's it's really exciting to be involved in it because it's a once in a career opportunity, really, to be involved in a project like this. So it's going to be great when people come back to the office. And I'm, I'm probably not selling it enough because it really will be. It really will be fantastic. I'm actually quite curious. Do you think? Um, and this is one for for everyone generally. Do you think, in a sense, that you have been kind of lucky on the timing of everything in that, you know, we were still in very much planning phases for this new building when everything happened. So it meant that your ability to adapt and pivot to the circumstances that were happening were probably a little bit more in your power than they would have been were we a little bit further along with the build. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, obviously COVID has been a really difficult time for everyone, but, you know, workplace wise, it has accelerated something that was already happening, which was a move towards this hybrid way of working. And lots of people are, you know, really delighted about that because folks want flexibility. So yeah, you're dead right because of the timing. Yeah, there's been delays. And again, we've been lucky with our landlord because we have the same landlord in our new building in Dublin as we have in the old one. So we've been able to work with them on timing and things. So we've been in a a kind of privileged position that way. But I guess one thing you don't want to do is, you know, we need to draw a line in the sand sometime. And we have had a long runway to ensure that we're we're designing the right thing sometimes the runway can be too long and you can make a lot of tweaks and changes along the way but um i think our timing has been bang on with this and so we're in a position now where we feel confident moving forward with the design we have fantastic that's great to hear and Sinead then surely the new building has some really exciting features that the workplace experience team probably can't wait to get their mitts on and will use to create the best environment for employees. What can you tell us about this and, you know, what are you most looking forward to being able to to utilize and to share with people? Oh, so many, so many exciting features and just like so feeling so lucky that our team is going to have this amazing space um, and excited for all the things that we're going to be able to do there. One of the things that Neve mentioned is the top floor, the sixth floor, having like views out to the Dublin mountains, like huge terrace, huge windows. And that's actually going to be our event space and our canteen. So it's going to be where we come together. I think what I'm most excited for up there is that we're going to have a full kitchen, which we don't have at the moment. And it's really going to let us like really up our food game in terms of what we provide. So that's one thing that I'm super excited about. Also, the lower ground floor conference facilities and things like that, which are going to be amazing for teams internally as well for like on-site, off-sites and things like that. And then I think as well, I think the outdoor spaces that we're going to offer, 
which we don't currently have. And there's a variety of them, like there's sunken terraces on the lower floors and then the terraces Neve mentioned on the upper floors as well, which I can already picture the events we're going to have on the fifth and sixth floor of the building, especially in the summertime. So yeah, lots of really exciting features. Amazing. Well, lastly then, folks, with all these exciting developments happening externally, while, I mean, to put it mildly, the world goes through a period of intense and sometimes scary change externally, what do you think the future of work at Intercom will look like? Or even, you know, the future of work generally? Neve, let's start with you for this one, but I'd love to get everyone's take on it. I think I'm, you know, obviously really excited about the, the future of this and obviously severely biased, but I believe for Intercom, we've designed uh, our workspaces in such a way that they'll be high energy with more varied and uh, dynamic spaces in it and fewer what the workplace team called, you know, sad, vacant pockets of space and less empty workstations. Something that we we suffered from in some of our offices previously and was definitely something that we wanted to nail and get right going forward. So I think when folks come back to the office, they can expect like high energy, uh, lots of people around, but for the space to work, you know, as Borg was mentioning, for it to work well and be easy for people to use and book and all of that. So I think people will have better options to control their their workspace as well. And we'll offer people privacy and uh, space to avoid distraction. So hopefully people will have flexible options if they want to work at home or, or come into the office. And I think as well, you know, something that we've really been trying to achieve is to pay greater attention to things like sustainability and accessibility and well-being and things that fall under those categories are, you know, improved air quality and lighting and acoustics and ergonomics. We've really been paying a lot of attention to those kind of things. And then also an elevated look and feel to reflect, you know, where Intercom is today. Fantastic. Sinead, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think I would just kind of echo and agree with with everything that Neve said. Um, I think the future for work at Intercom is very bright. I think we're creating spaces that are beautiful and functional and people will love to come to. Um, but we're also offering people the flexibility to work remotely as and when it suits them as well. And I think that people will have the best of both worlds and spaces that are inclusive and accessible and functional, but also the control to be there as and when they would like to be. Brilliant. And Porik, let's wrap up with your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be great going forward. I, uh, what I do think is that this this flexible way of working is really going to suit people. I think it's going to be um, a game changer for how people work in their work-life balance as well. But I think the offices that we're going to create will make people want to come to the office as well. And especially with like the way, you know, the design, the, the functionality they will have to control their own spaces, to book whatever space they want to be in. And also like the events that Sinead runs and then, you know, that's really going to bring people to the office. So people are really going to have the best of both worlds. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's great going forward. It's, it's a, if anything that's positive that's come of COVID, this is probably it. The one thing that's really, it's probably brought it forward by a couple of years because it was definitely on the roadmap for most companies, but this has really kind of sped the process up. But I do think it's, it's a positive, positive change for, for Intercom. And I do think it's going to really, really help people grow and enjoy working at Intercom even more. Fantastic. I love that idea of giving people the freedom to work from home, but a reason to come to the office. Sinead, did you have something more to offer there? Yeah, just as Pork was, was was speaking, I was thinking about the opportunity we're going to create as well for folks to, for everyone to come in, whether it's a certain day in the month or a day in the quarter, we're going to have a real focus on still bringing everyone in at certain times and making those days like super special and super impactful for folks as well. 
Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to note. Like when you're talking about people having the option to work flexibly, like it doesn't mean that there won't be those opportunities for everyone to come together because it's such an important an important thing to share with your colleagues, really, that feeling and spirit of togetherness and working on something together. But it sounds like you have designed the optimum space to do just that. So congratulations to you all. And thanks so much for joining me today. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Porik, Sinead and Neve. If you did, we'd love if you could give us a review. It helps like-minded people find their way to our content. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Inside Intercom for you. We hope you'll join us. This is Inside Intercom.